0: joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. All right, let's pray before we minister the word this morning. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to share the word. I thank you for Pastor Tom allowing this and gifting this, and we thank you for his return this week, and we show that you you have been speaking to him while he's gone, and he'll let us know about that when he gets here. I speak a blessing upon this house today. The Holy Spirit is already having his way in this place, and we continue to yield to him. We call for your kingdom to come and your will to be done here today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I see many here this morning that you've been a part of our... I've done several Wednesday night sessions uh, for Pastor Tom and teaching. In all of those thus far... Have been on finances see he's he understands so <laughs> and uh, he's, he's, speaking song. He, he's he's wanting some of those finances is what he's wanting so <clears throat> you hang on, young man 's coming your way so <clears throat> so we're going to minister this morning on the same subject. I believe the spirit of spirit of the law downloaded something to me this week on that, and I believe it 's to share uh <clears throat> And I I assure you, it's maybe hard to understand right now, but I can assure you I can minister on many parts of the word other than finances. But that's what he's had me on for a while. And, And not just in this church. In several churches, I've been able to help them out with finances or whatever. So what's most important is what the word of God has to say. Because if God has said it, it's going to come to pass. If we haven't seen it, well, then that should be a, an opportunity for us, for us to realize and understand it's an opportunity for us to find out maybe why we're not seeing it. Because we should want to know that. And he'll be gracious to point it out to us. He won't beat us over the head with a wet noodle or something. He'll, he'll enjoy the fact that we're opening and asking him, where am I at? What do I need to do differently or whatever? And he will show you that because it's his will <clears throat> that we prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. Well, our mind and our will and emotions are all involved in part of us. And we have to yield that to the Spirit of God before he can bring us along and bring us into greater things. But he's very desirous to do that. I will mention this also. In our Wednesday classes, I usually have uh, notes prepared and listed and hand them out so they can use them and make a bunch of notes on them. I do have notes prepared today, but I'm going to let you know ahead of time that when the class is over, uh, Pastor Latasha will have a folder and all with notes in it. If you're desirous to have the notes, then all you you need to do is come up and ask for them and get them. They'll have have them available for you. And I think they're helpful because you will not remember... ...everything that I shared this morning. Even when we write it down, we don't always remember. But if we happen to have a reference or something... ...then we can go back and look that up in the Word of God. And as you're reading that over, some thoughts will come to you... ...about what was said in the session. But more importantly, as you read those words... ...the Spirit of God will speak to you directly. Yeah. You will see something, you will hear something... ...that wasn't mentioned when he ministered that... ...but it is when the Holy Ghost is ministering you... ...because he knows exactly what you and I need. He knows exactly where we are in this walk with him and he's the way maker. He's the miracle worker and that's who we need to believe him to, believe him to be in all parts of our life. <clears throat> all right, so let's start this morning and turn to Proverbs, if you will, please. This is one is... Well, all these scriptures are interesting. huh? I was speaking with Bethany, who does the children's ministry to us a while back, <clears throat> and I shared this scripture with her, uh, and I'd have to say the first time I ever heard it would have been, uh, I mean, he- having it pointed out, so I got some revelation, I would have back, been back in 1981, so that's, that's a few years ago. <clears throat> Proverbs 22, I know I don't look that old, but believe me, I was, I was there in 1981, <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now I suggest we read the very next verse following that one. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. That's part of we, what we want to be training our children up in. Give them an understanding. <clears throat> they don't need to wait till they become teenagers. They get a little job, they make a little money. Then they're on their own out there trying to do things with money. Train up a child in the things of God ahead of time. Specifically, what we're discussing today is finances in the kingdom of God. Give them some training so they can begin to understand things. Especially when a child is young and you begin to teach them about tithing why we tie that it's holy and belongs to God, you're already setting them up to be walking on a road of blessing. And the Spirit of God can work in their lives through that. So we definitely want to train our children up. Instead of, let's them, I mean, they get out of the house when they're teenagers or whatever and move on, and then later on they may or may not get themselves in a little trouble financially. Well, it's much, much better if they can learn at a young age. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. <clears throat> we'll look at a scripture later on. God spoke to the children of Israel when he had them in the, in the land. And he said, you'll lend to many, but not borrow. Amen. Now, borrowing's not necessarily bad. Some people, when I was young, and I began to first hear, but I think, oh, man. I got a loan here and all. What in the world am I doing? You know, God's still going to love me and what? God understands. After all, he's the one who put it in the Word. He says, you shall lend to many, but not borrow. Well, you're going to be the one that's got the goods to be able to lend to people, to help them out, whatever the situation may be. But you and I don't need to borrow. If our Heavenly Father is the way maker and the miracle worker, yep. then we shouldn't have to borrow from the systems of man. And you notice how... Our government in our school systems, you don't see them teaching a whole lot about finances. Why is that? Unfortunately, they like to keep a lot of people on the down and low, so to speak, so that the individual may be dependent upon them. Well, that may be the government and the kingdom of this world, but that's not God's kingdom. He has more than enough. You may have asked yourself before. I've asked myself more than once. I mean... I don't know about this. I mean, when I was first beginning to study and learn some of the things and especially being hearing it preached, it'd say, Man, not everybody can be blessed. I mean, where's it all gonna come from? And then you finally wake up and get a clue, say, so, I mean, how's God gonna run out of anything? He can run out of anything. And if he did, he'd make more. Yeah. I mean, he's the one who made everything we understand <laughs> surround us, and his desire is for you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. His desire is for us to lend to many. Many. How about just one neighbor want to borrow a few bucks? Mm. Lend to many and not borrow. Again, do not be under condemnation if you're under borrowing right now. But as you begin to inject yourself into the word of God and ask him to show you things, he'll show you the way out. He'll get you out of that borrowing situation and then to where you'll be able to be a lender as well. Okay, now let's turn, to, uh, let's turn to Malachi chapter 3. Come on here. Malachi chapter 3, 6. We're going to read in Malachi chapter 3, and we're going to read from verse 6. Down through verse 12. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances, and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Well, wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Question mark. Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Well, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now Herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. The tithe simply means a tenth, the definition of the word. And in particular, the Bible tells us the tithe, the first tenth, is holy and belongs to God. That's why the language about them robbing him or whatever. And so it's important that we understand what the tithe is, so that we can cooperate with it. And we've just listed some promises there that he's made to us when we do that. And believe me, you will be the beneficiary. You'll be the one with additions made to you when you honor God with your tithe. With your tithe. It has to be a decision that you make. It's a decision of the heart. Some people read it, and if they are only... If it's some individuals that may only come to church sporadically and don't have too much and maybe hurt it or not hurt it, but figure, well, I... I can't do anything with that right now because I can barely get by. I remember thinking that once. I had very low income coming in many years ago. Fortunately, I don't have that problem right now. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. We can, we're blessed and we can be a blessing. And that's what he wants us to do. We can sow seed into the kingdom of God. and we, Maybe later on we'll touch on that. But when we're talking about sowing seed in the kingdom of God... The kingdom of God mentions this. Your harvest, you real, realize in the natural, when you sow little tomato plants, little tomato seeds, you're expecting to get tomatoes. And you're expecting them to get more than what you planted in that ground. Because he designed that. And whatever that crop may be. Well, when you're sowing finances into somebody's life, because that's our subject right now, the Bible speaks about 30, 60, and 100 fold. Well, that's outrageous prosperity, and benefit. I mean, the systems of this world, when they talk about their savings and their interest they're going to give you, I mean, you can't even see them in the rearview mirror compared to this. That's enormous. It's enormous. But God can and will do it. How do I know that? Well, I've been a faithful tyler for many, 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 many years, I know they don't look that last many, but anyhow, for many years, (laughs) and he's blessed me for that, and brought sums of money in that uh, I really couldn't understand. I mean, sort of shockingly. But here's another saying that just popped into my head along this subject, and in agreeing with the Word of God, if God can get money through you, He certainly can get money. To you, <clears throat> But if you're going to be the reservoir and it stops right there, well, you still may do what you're going to do in your own. But if he can get it through you, and he'll know when he can get it through you. <clears throat> and those times they had those large amounts came in. Must be getting exciting here. He knocked my water way back or something. Those times that I had large returns coming in. He knew he'd get it through me. I love to bless people because I'm in the position to do that because I'm cooperating with his kingdom there. Now see, I'm not looking down to disparaging anybody. I'm just encouraging you with what the word of God says and what he has absolutely proven in my life. And he'll do the exact same thing for you because he is no respecter of persons. It's who he is. But it's a matter of getting a hold of ourselves, looking at his word of God. One of the reasons that I made these notes, I know it's not a Wednesday night class, but for you to have the ability to be able to look at these scriptures again and, and apply some of our life onto why we do that. Because he wants all of us blessed, folks. He wants all of us blessed. There's going <clears> to <throat> be an enormous change when it comes to finances in the body of Christ that take place. Hallelujah. But you and I have to be able to receive that. Man, I might have to stop here. <laughs> I am going to stop. Hold your breath for a minute. Because I want to I go to my notes here. Yes, this handy little device allows me to take notes. And I take notes all the time. If you don't think I have this right, I I certainly don't say I have it word for word, but I got the import of what he said. Pastor Tom said this on Sunday, 929, and it'll be on your recording things back there so you can prove it. This is a statement he made. The church, the body of Christ, is going to get control of all of the money on planet earth for kingdom purposes. Now, he made that statement. You can listen to it. (coughs) He was prophesying, I'm going to say right now. He'll tell you how when it came. I believe the Spirit of God downloaded that to him. But hasn't that always been God's intent? Yes. Go back and look with these ones we said about what he did with those Hebrew children and all. He, I'm going to flood you with blessings and all. He'll take care of them. <clears throat> you won't be the borrower, but you'll be lending too many. But yes. well, that is God's will. And in order for that to happen, it's going to take born again, Holy Ghost believers that believe in the Word of God... To speak. Our mouths are very important. Way over there in the corner, this little plaque says, John 3.16. You didn't even get into the kingdom of God unless you came in with speech. Somebody will led you in your prayer. You accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we accept Jesus that way. It never stops. Our speech is tremendously important in the kingdom of God. That's why there's, there's many, 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 many teachings in the Bible about it. <clears throat> we need to grasp the whole of that. When it comes to our finances, your speech is going to be involved in those finances. If you were in, actually it would have been the last group of classes <clears throat> that we did on finances, And I passed out a mini booklet. And you would read in there about how the Spirit of God brought something to Kenneth Hagin Sr.'s life. This this would have been years ago right now. And our speech was important. He told them to speak to the angels. In Hebrews, it tells us the angels, there are angels out there, right? That's right? You may not see a lot of them sitting around here this morning, but they could be sitting on that pew right there. There's not a few, with that seat, and you didn't see them here, but that didn't mean they weren't here. <clears throat> the angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who are heirs of salvation. Mm, if you never heard that verse, if you never co operate with that verse who you probably haven't been involved with too much angelic visitation in your life but they're sitting around with a handful folded, wondering when that dummy's gonna give me a chance to do something with this problem <laughs> go ministering spirits and cause the money to come is the phrase that the spirit of God led him directed him in and when he first heard it he thought it was strange well, I'd never heard anything like that before i never heard anything like that before But he began to use it. When he heard that, when the Spirit of God downloaded that and other things, and they're in that little booklet, he says to himself, I'm going to prove this. I'm not going to say a thing to anywhere I go. I'm not going to say anything to the people. I'm just going to prove it. And so he figured up what he would need for a budget to make his ends meet, because this is back when he was on road ministry many, many years ago. His wife and children were at home. And so the first church he went to after that, he went in, and he says, and in those days, it had been common for preachers that didn't have a whole lot, they seemed to put a lot of time into the offering trying to get money, you know, trying to encourage people to give some money or something like that, the way they did it. So he purposely went to that pastor before those meetings ever started. He says, uh, brother, I don't want you to make any pull for money when the offerings come. Make no pull whatsoever. Just simply mention, if you're going to take an offering, that this is an offering for Brother Hagin who's here to minister to us for these days. He says, put no pull on it. You know what the pastor told him? He says, well, if you do that, you won't even get a quarter. And he says, just do what I asked you, please. He says, if I only get a quarter, you'll never hear me say anything about it. He says, I'm proving something between me and God. So just would you please do what I ask? So the minister did that. He never did any he pulled me to very brief offering. Told the people they wanted to give, give. He left there with more money than he was claiming. He figured, hmm, there's something in happening here. <clears throat> he went to the next church. Exact same thing happened. Only it was many times over what he was believing for, because. Well, I can't get into all that story, but if you've never got that book, you want to get that book for instruction. But, well, this isn't a book, but this is my book right now because it contains many, many versions of the Bible. But the point is, what God said in his word, he is able to perform. He wants somebody to cooperate with him. And if we're going to be a part of this earth taking over the finances. So who else can handle the money righteously and not with corruption if it's not the body of Christ? It's not this world system if you can get a look at it. That's right. Absolutely not. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so the tithe, I encourage you. If you have never tithed, ask the Spirit of God to aid you and direct you with that. Get the notes, go through and study it now. You will not be at a loss. That's what God says. That's who, that's who our supplier is. So you have to, it's going to be, the word contract's not right, but it's going to be a relationship between you and him, and he's going to show you what he's possible to do. He wants to do much more in your life, much more in your life. Uh, Another preacher mentioned this. He says, some of the people in that church got mad. It's a different situation now. They seem to get mad whenever he preached on finances or whatever. And some of them even approached him directly. He said, we're going to be preaching enough money all the time for. He said, I didn't do it all the time. I did it for like two sessions in a row here or something. He, and he says, we ought to be doing more things. You know, we ought to be helping the poor, sending missionaries on and We ought to be doing that. You don't be preaching about money. And so the pastor looked at him and said, with what? <laughs> what am I going to send a missionary with? With what if I don't have any money? Where, where's it going to come from? That's why God wants abundance in your life and my life so we can be a blessing to this church. This church ought to have the best audiovisual sound seat and chairs, everything there is in this area. And it will have it. Look out, I'm getting excited blowing the mic around here. It will have it. Mark my words. It will have it. As we cooperate with the word of God and the kingdom of God, we'll have it. And that's how we'll be a light to other people. Just in that one area, you know, it will how in the world, there's only about 42 of you jokers, and how in the world can you afford this, that, and the other? I well, mean, we maybe 42 jokers, but we're tied in with the head man, oh, so. God, <clears throat> glory to God, got to move along old, here. Right? Let us go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, <clears> 2 <throat> Chronicles chapter 20. As I'm drinking water <coughs> and getting to my <coughs> correct place here, I'm gonna share something else with you. <coughs> That's not necessarily in the notes, but in studying and preparing for this, because I've known for several weeks <coughs> that I was gonna h- have this date, Pastor literally asked me months ago now, he says, Would you be Willing to take a Sunday morning service, he says? <laughs> He's okay. He says, would you be willing to take a Sunday morning service? I said, sure. I was just let me know when. And actually, this conversation was a little bit prior for me even going to Maine this summer. And I says, well, whenever I get back, sometime we'd work it out. So anyhow, we'll have worked it out, and today's the day. <clears throat> so in preparation for this, and I've been preparing for a while, just this past week the Spirit of God began to speak to me on something that has got me wondering and gulping a little bit. Because you know, he wants to take us farther on. Yeah. And I won't, I won't get into what it, all, what it all is, but I'll tell you what, stretch me. So much so that I'm going to have conversation with pastor's back, when the time avails itself. I'm sure he'll be busy catching up with things when he first comes back. But I'm certainly going to have to run that by him. But <clears throat> the kingdom of God, needs to be the one controlling the money. Your life and our life, we need to be the ones controlling the money and in co- in cooperating with his kingdom. You sow seed, you reap a harvest. That's always his intention. And the harvest is much, much, one more, much more than what you plant. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And verse 20. I don't know if I told you verse 20 or not. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Decoah. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper." And we'll see something else in another scripture we go to to bear witness with that. When somebody's speaking on the divine inspiration, that is because the Spirit of God gave them something, gave them a download, we use that word, and then they go ahead and release it when they have the confidence in their life, in their heart, in their spirit, that that's just not something they're conjuring up right now. But the the Spirit of God wants them to speak this. He wants them to do what with it? Speak it. Speak it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So they minister that word of God, they let it go. And when an individual it bear witness in their heart, they grab a hold of it. And they do whatever that instruction was. That's another way God has to work things into our life. <clears throat> Believe in the Lord your God, you shall be established. Believe his prophets and so shall you prosper. All right, so to go right along with that, let's jump to uh, 2 Kings, the book of 2 Kings. That's sort of an inferential statement that there must have been a 1 Kings. But in this case, we want 2 Kings, and we want chapter 4 in 2 Kings. Hallelujah. He's a way maker. He's a miracle man. That's who he is. That's who he is. He wants to be able to demonstrate that to us. We allow it, Lord Jesus. We allow it. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Everybody get the second Kings yet? Okay. Okay. 2nd Kings chapter 4, <clears throat> we'll read a few verses in this one. We'll start with verse 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha. What kind of ministry did Elisha have? He was a prophet. He was a prophet. Unto Elisha saying, thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. You know what we're finding out already in this verse? The borrower and the lender. Under bondage. You know, all them reams of pages of fine, fine print they get when they want you to sign something. My goodness, it takes. 14 New York, lawyers, for you trying to figure out what's in it, you don't have time to read all that. But there's always an increase in the percentage after a certain date, and there's always a huge, big whopping fee if you're late. Why do they do that? To suck the blood right out of you, because they know you're probably going to be late. Let's just face the facts and call it what it is. That's why they do it. They don't need that much SX money out of you, but they want to be able to take it. <clears throat> okay, this isn't about the, the lenders right now. <clears throat> Verse 2, And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me what hast thou in the house. And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. So Elisha the prophet speaking with her, he understands the situation, very situation for her, very serious situation for her, her husband passed away. Now, he happened to have a loan out there's as a the bargain. Why do you think they're coming to claim these things? In that day and age, what do they want to take? They want to take his sons. Well, her husband's already dead. And so if they get the sons, where's she supposed to have any income at? So, see, th- there's more to the story here. But God is a waymaker, a miracle maker. And that's what he wants to be to you and I. He shows it right here in this situation. <clears throat> Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me what thou hast in thy house. And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. And believe me, if you ever ask that question, and all you got's a pot of oil, or two carrots, or whatever else, whatever it is, he can use it. It makes no difference what it is. He can use it. Then he said, Go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors. Empty vessels. And what did what did he say there? Borrow not a few. In other words, in the vernacular, go get all these suckers you can get your hand on. She had no reason why. She had no understanding why. But here's the prophet speaking a prophetic word in their life. He says, go get vessels and as many as you can possibly get. And you could say, well, you know, what if he does it with 9, 10, 12, 20 hair whatever? What if she goes and gets a 100 vessels? I mean, is he still going to be able to pull off this miracle? Hello. He's a way maker. The miracle maker. He can get it done. He can get it done. And so what does she do? <clears throat> Verse 4. And when thou art come... In, he's not done reading here yet. He told, borrow not a few. When thou art come in thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. In other words, I don't know how big the vessel, the cruise of oil was she had in her house, but she went and borrowed, conjecture here, she went and borrowed some gallon containers. She got these gallon containers at Walmart. She got 20 of them. Well, what will we you need all that for if you only get a cruise of oil? <clears throat> well, we're not done yet. Shut the oil and <clears throat> pour out into those vessels. Thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there's not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. You see right there. She could have borrowed, you know, didn't have back then as far as I know, but she could have gone out and borrowed 55-gallon oil drums and he had to fill all those suckers up as well. Because it's only when there was no more vessels that the oil stopped. And you can say, well, how, how, how was he getting that oil in that jar? Waymaker, waymaker, leave it to him. He's very good on his end of the deal. Exceptional, never fails. He just needs you and I to work with him. Now remember her situation. Her husband died. The creditor wants the kids. She goes to the prophet, tells her, what do he you got in the house? And so now we're reading on. Now let's get down. We're <clears throat> looking at verse seven. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children off the rest. So however much was physically there, it was enough for her to do exactly that. Pay that debt off, because they got no more claim on your children, so you're not in debt anymore, you have your children, and then you can live off the rest. Now that's who our God is. I mean, this is in the Bible. I'm not making this story up. It isn't a, a different book I brought in. I mean, I think you see the same same exact same words in your Bible. Well, that's who God is. That's that's what he wants us to understand, who he's like and why he wants to get involved in our lives. He knows where our needs are at. He wants to take care of them. My God shall supply how many of your needs? All your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Don't worry about his part, how he's going to get it done. He is more than capable. He just needs you and I to cooperate with him. Glory to God. Uh, Okay, let move along here. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I guess I was reading the clock wrong a minute ago, but we'll be right there. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And we'll read from verse 18. Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting from verse 18. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. And it shall be, <clears throat> if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them, I testify against you this day, that you shall surely perish. And he was playing hardball with this group, wasn't he? I- I'm able to supply all your needs, <clears throat> but if you go try to go and these other clown gods, you're going to be in a world of hurt. As the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. Now this is very important. Us hearing God's word that he speaks to us, whether it's through the pastor or another minister, something you heard on the radio from some ministry or whatever. But when you hear the word of the God, the voice of God's word coming into your life, and you're not obedient to it, that's going to cause a problem. It's basically going to cause a problem for you because he wants you to trust him when he speaks to you. You don't know the way out. This, the, the lady certainly didn't know the way out when she went to Elisha, but she knew the way out. When it was all done, she'd get done pouring and you all stopped. <clears throat> well, the prophetic word can speak into your life. That's why I pointed out that word Pastor Tom mentioned in 929. I'm telling you, that's just not conjecture. That's what God's plan is for this country. Obey the Lord's voice. Obey his command. It's very, very important. I'm going to move along because obviously I read that clock wrong four hours ago. So here we go. (laughs) Let's go to the New Testament. Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, and when you get there, we're going to read from verses 4 through 7. Matthew seventeen four through 7. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. Well, that was Peter's part of the party. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Catch these words, hear ye him. The verses we've already read about this morning. That speak about the prosperity and God's will and desire to take care of you, hear ye them. When we you may not have this booming voice like happened on that day, but it got people's attention, didn't it? But when we read his word, that is God speaking to us. And in this area, you need to take it as exactly that coming from him. Hear ye him. Verse 6, and when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were so afraid. I imagine they did. And Jesus came and touched them and said, arise, be not afraid. The adversary of the kingdom of darkness will always use fear to try to get you to be afraid, especially when it comes to taking a financial step. I mean, you don't, you know, you don't want to do that. I mean, look at your bank account. You know, come on, get real. <laughs> <clears throat> the adversary will always try to threaten you and I with fear. So Jesus just went over and touched him as the compassionate man that he is, and said, don't, you'll be all right. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid." We need to remember that the adversary will try to bring fear to us, but God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so that's what we want to take a hold of right there. Okay, moving along for time preps. Let's go to the book of Hebrews. Book of Hebrews, chapter three. The book of Hebrews, chapter three, in two verses, verses eighteen and 19 and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest but to them that believed not so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief said another way afraid of fear they couldn't enter in because of unbelief. Somehow they weren't grasping. And now we, know, we don't need to go pointing fingers at anybody unless we point this way. Mm. Have there been times before that I've been afraid? Well, you bet you are me. I am human. But I don't dwell there, I can tell you that. I'd be much better versed on it now. We can begin to recognize that when that's coming. And then we can begin to use this yap... If what is given for besides eating and speak the promise of God that He's guaranteed you to take over that situation, whatever it is, it's very important that we hear God's voice and obey. And it's very important that willing we're willing to speak to that situation. <clears throat> All right, let's move. We only got a couple more. Let's go to uh, let's go to Matthew chapter twenty-three. See, he hit Matthew a few times. What's up with him? He had a lot to say. You find a lot of red in the book of Matthew. Well, it's Jesus himself doing the talking, so. Matthew twenty-three twenty-three. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Boy, did he call them out like that? Yep. Yes, he did. For ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the waiter, waiter, yeah, sure. Wait here matters of the law. I need another drink, I guess. <clears throat> that water and anything I'm talking about. But. Judge, wait matters of the law, judgment and mercy and faith. These ought you to have done and not to leave the other undone. Well, the other would have been that tithe he was talking about. But they were nitpacking maybe a little bit of an amount. But at the end of that verse, he says, and not to leave the other undone. So here is the book of Matthew, which is the first book in the New Testament, loaded with red, Jesus himself speaking. And some people try to well, that tithe has gone away. That's the Old Testament. that has gone away with. Well, who said that? Because I think I'll go along with what Jesus had to say about it. He's speaking in Matthew and tell him, and not to leave the other undone. In the book of Hebrews, it speaks about the tithe. In Matthew, it speaks about the tithe in other places in this. So the tithe is holy and belongs to God, and it is our covenant with him. It's a covenant. And so whatever you have after you tithe, I mean, let's use easy figures. Let's say you had $10 come in. And to make it easy with the math, how much is 10% of $10? Look at the, look at the mathematicians, one buck. $1 is one-tenth of that $10. And so... When that tithe goes to God, he can now bless the $9 you got left into a whole lot more, let's say, than even $20. He can bless you above and beyond. But it's when we begin to have that confidence with him, the only way you're going to have the confidence is get into the word of God and read it for yourself and understand it and speak it out. And then he will consistently... I enable you with that because you are going to be part of the body of Christ that's born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, and i going to take care and run the finances on this planet Earth. You say, well, that could never happen. It's hide and watch. Hide and watch. God's large, and he's in charge. Amen. And he's the way maker. <clears throat> Amen. Glory to God. Glory. Luke chapter 12. You're wondering, I mean, how long is that paper he's got there? I mean, we're almost there, folks. Luke chapter 12, verse 42. I guess it would help if I told you that. Luke chapter 12, starting with verse 42. We're going to read through to verse 44. And the, oops, and the Lord said, notice it's in red again. Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. Being a steward in the kingdom of God speaks of many things, but it specifically speaks about how you control your money. Are you going to honor God with the tithe, which is the first tenth, which is holy belongs unto him? Are you going to give him inroad to begin to bless everything that you have left? You say, well, I only had ten. I gave him a buck. I only got nine left. Now you want me to give away another buck as sow in seed? Well, if you did, in that rare situation we just described, if you did, you had ten, you gave a dollar to the tithe, and then you only had nine left, what if you chose to sow some seed in the Susie, Hoosie Woozy's life, somebody's life, you sow the seed? Well, the Bible speaks about seed, time, and harvest. It also uses these numbers, 30, 60, and 100-fold. Now, that is progression. You're going to grow into that. But believe me, the 30-fold is not bad. Because go back to this story. On the one dollar she sold into somebody's life, she gets 30-fold back. she got 30 bucks. Well, she only had 10 to start with. And she gave one side and gave another one over here. Pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. Look up the numbers for yourself in the Bible and see what it's talking about. It is there. Those are the numbers he uses. 30, 60, and 100-fold. <clears throat> But the part about being steward, it's how we handle our money. We all may, may make mistakes with our money at certain times, maybe more so when we're younger, but God wants us to be a faithful steward, and that means, as we said before, if he can get it through you, he'll certainly bring it to you. But if he cannot get it through us, if we're always harboring upon ourselves, well, I, I, I could go by this for that. Well, you could, but you might want to rethink that thing because if that's all you ever did, you're not going to be on the faithful steward list anymore until you're changed. And so therefore, he's not going to be bringing it to you if he can't get it through you. And you're going to live well. You're going to live very well at that, much well than you would just for that original amount of money. <clears throat> God's large and he's in charge and he is the way maker. All right, one more and then we're... We least I'll say we're done. It'll be in Titus, first chapter of Titus. <clears throat> <clears throat> Titus chapter 1, verse 7. For a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self willed, not soon angry, not given to wine. No striker, not given the filthy lucre. Again, this is emphasis on being a steward. It's actually instructions in the New Testament about how the church should be organized and who's going to be in position of leadership, who's going to be able to do things. They had to meet certain credentials or whatever. But a faithful steward is what you and I want to be because God can bless us and use us more there. And we're always going to benefit from the blessing that comes to us, even though it's got to go through us. We're always going to benefit from that. Remember, he wants us to prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers, our mind and our will and emotion. We get ourselves involved. You're willing to hear the voice of the Lord. That's one step. But now after you hear it, we need to be obedient to it. But he has things for us. Faith in God for the impossible concerning finances will be manifested in this earth when the born-again, Holy Ghost-filled body of Christ calls for it to happen, which means using our mouth to declare the word. Isn't that what a prophet always does? He declares the word of the Lord, the word that God gave to him to declare. Well, you and I are prophets of our own individual life. We need to speak the word of God over our lives. In this area, we're talking about finances. They call for it to happen. Jesus always spoke what he desired, and it always came to pass. We're no different. We're the body of Christ. The exact same thing is available for us. Mark 11, it says, Whosoever shall say, shall have whatsoever he saith. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. That is a promise from God's word that we can put in our mouth and apply, and that's how our life will change and come in agreement with him. <clears throat> so in, the reference, in references to the finances and the things we've, we've mentioned today, I joked with uh, Pastor Latasha a week or so ago, I guess it was, about being a poet because I'd made a reply in a text and I made some things rhyme, whatever. Well, I've made another feeble attempt at it today, and you'll see in a minute, so... Your choices are this, everything we've been talking about in the kingdom of God and finances and all. Your choices are study God's word, obey it, and speak it, or you can ignore, you can snore, and be poor. (laughs) Isn't that all? (laughs) 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 Glory to God. All right, let me, let, me, let me pray as we end. Let me just remind you that we do have some notes. If You, you do not have to get them, but if they're available to you if you want them. You'll come up and see Pastor Latasha and Ben afterwards. Father, I thank you for our time together today. I thank you for your word, for it is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, and it can divide asunder into our lives. We pray for each and every one of us here that we will make the decision to have an ear to hear what the Spirit of God says to our life, specifically as we've been talking about today in the area of finances. I ask you specifically before another week goes by to speak into every individual in the sound of my voice right now that they will hear your word, they will speak your word, and you will manifest yourself to them in the area of finances. And I thank you for that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.